Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology from the North Atlantic seashore. This is Episode 9, My Science Happy Place. When you're first starting out in science, you don't really know what you like. It's all new and exciting, working in the lab, collecting specimens in the field, playing with data on your computer. Quickly, though, you hone in on an identity, a type of science you like doing. By the time my students graduate with their bachelor's degrees, they've landed in their science happy place. The chem lab, the mud flat, or modeling on a supercomputer. And they know if they like organisms or processes, rocks and sand or blood and guts, or neither. I went through that same developmental process, though much later in life, and have learned over the years that where I am happiest is in the field. Which is why this past weekend, I was dragging a jet sled full of mud and sampling boxes across a mud flat hundreds of yards from the low tide line to shore. After a field season largely canceled by the pandemic, I was thrilled to be back out in my science-happy place, sweating in my hip waders under an unusually warm November sun. The project seeks to collect the data necessary to understand the Maya Arenaria, or softshell clam population in this particular bay, by focusing primarily on juvenile clams. Noticing a decline in the amount of commercial-sized clams on this flat, the local clammers started investigating, building on the work of Dr. Brian Beale and the Downey's Institute. The typical process of restoring a softshell clam flat is to plant the flat with baby clams from a hatchery. By seeding the flats with baby clams, in a few years you can come back and harvest them once they've reached commercial size. It's almost a very early form of aquaculture. But Dr. Beale counseled the clammers to make a few observations before putting a lot of energy into reseeding a clam flat. It could very well be that there were plenty of juvenile clams being produced in that flat, he said, but something could be happening to them before they can grow up. In fisheries management terms, he was saying that there might be plenty of settlement of juvenile clams, but no recruitment into the fishery. When clams reproduce, they release their gametes into the water. The eggs are fertilized externally. The fertilized eggs then develop in the water as plankton. It is in this planktonic phase that the clams can disperse. Once they grow large enough in the plankton, they settle out of the water column onto the bottom, and as long as the bottom they've settled on is soft, they begin their lives as sediment-dwelling in fauna. Between the settlement of a juvenile clam and the recruitment into the fishery, something could be happening. And that something, unsurprisingly, is thought to be predation. Something was eating the baby clams. Or so the hypothesis goes. The other option was that there were indeed no baby clams to be had in the bay. No settlement. In either case, there was no recruitment. But for two very different reasons. Dr. Beale's advice was to determine how much settlement there was in this bay. And if it turned out there appeared to be plenty of baby clams around, but no adults, it meant seeding the flats would have been a waste of time all those seed clams would likely have been eaten. And how do you assess how much clam settlement there is? You set clam collectors out on the mudflats in the spring. In this case, we've been using predator exclusion boxes, one-by-two-foot rectangle-shaped boxes enclosed on both sides by heavy-duty screen, like the kind on your screen door. You lay these broadside down anchored in the mud in May, where they sit passively as the tide comes in and out over them day after day. If there are juvenile clams in the plankton that settle out, some of them will settle through the openings in the screen into the relative safety of the box. Because green crabs, the primary predator of interest in this story, can't get into the boxes, being too big to fit through the tiny openings of the screen, the juvenile clams are free to grow for the entire season. 
Theoretically, any clam that makes it through the screen can survive. At the end of the growing season, when the temperatures start to drop and the days shorten, you go back out on the mudflats and you collect all of the boxes, as well as some nearby mud for comparison, which is how I found myself on a beautiful November Saturday, soaked in sweat, breathing heavily, digging deep to haul those mud-filled boxes and core samples back to campus so I could crack them open and see what was inside. For that, however, you'll have to wait for episode 10. This has been episode 9 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Sid Hartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. You can see photos of this field site on our Instagram, at The Essential Rhythm. Thanks for listening, and join us next week.